Hey guys, welcome back to For The Kudos Q&A session 17. I'm your host Brett and I'm here with Joel. How you going? I'm good, how are you? New studio. <laughs> 19th studio in the last three weeks. Um, good yeah. job on that intro by the way, you haven't done an intro uh, for a man, long, long time. Yeah, I know, listen back, I made a little mistake. Yeah, what'd you say? I think I said For The Kudos, pretty funny. <laughs> I looked at you to see if you were going to be like, oh, I'll do it again. <laughs> no, I don't notice at it's all It's been now. a while since we've uh, done a Q&A as well, a couple of weeks, which has been nice. That's why we got bombarded with questions this yeah, week. Yeah, we got heaps of questions this week. And, and as always, what, what we do is we say a lot of good questions, a lot of shit questions. Yeah, a lot of shit ones. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate them. We do. We Makes do. us feel good when people like, <laughs> send them in. All right, should we get, get started? Yeah, let's get straight into it. All right, first one from Joe Cross. Who in your training group would you be the most and l- least okay being coached by? Damn. I, okay, I was thinking about this and then I completely forgot about it. So now I've got to think about it on the spot. Well, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go first. Um, I reckon the person I would probably most want to be coached by the most would probably be Dave McNeil, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I think, yeah, we're sort of quite similar. Um yeah, I would say, I think, yeah, definitely he would be the most. And the least, I would probably have to say Lockie Barber, just for the fact that he he's he has so much talent. We've talked about this yeah. on the podcast a lot, but he he's just all over the shop. I don't know if he listens to us or, or what. I must say my most is Lockie Barber. Imagine how easy the training would be. <laughs> it's just like rest day, sleep in, don't worry about it. Rather like, than 11.30 at have, night. Have a few days off, no worries. Like, <laughs> go missing, go and break your wrist playing basketball. It's all good. <laughs> I, I suppose the um, the they should have said, but you have you've you got to be results. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I don't. Have, I don't think I have his talent. I don't think it would work for me. No one's got his talent. Nah. Look at us trying to pump his thighs up after <laughs> after chipping away at him. Uh, David Neal would be a very good one. Yeah, he, he knows his stuff. Nice sure. one, you fucking just copy exactly what I said <laughs> to be diplomatic. <laughs> no, uh, it's too many. It's too dangerous to say. Say um, yeah, exactly. Anything else? Oh well, yeah, all of them are coaches, so That's can't come bag them out. That's the thing. Dave's going to be uh, getting a lot of athletes from this, though. Yeah, you can thank us later, Dave. Yeah, um, from Smutters, mixed mixed Eckerton relay at World Champs. I think that'd be sick. Yeah, I've done the Chiba Eckerton. Yeah, in Japan. When it, when they say mixed, does he mean mixed distance like the Ekaden is, or does he mean mixed I, I think male mixed, female? Male female. Yeah, that yeah. would be that's that would be so sick. And yeah. mixed distance. You could do yeah. Um, is it? Do you know if it's a set distance for? I'm not sure because I've only done the one, and it's like it makes sense. Yeah, it's like obviously the marathon distance. Yeah. Oh, so for people that don't know, yeah, Ekaden is a marathon relay. Yep. And split over. Um, I think the one I did was six legs maybe. Yeah. And so it's either 5K, 10Ks and then a 7.2 at the end to make mm. up the marathon. But it's, uh, yeah, I did this one in Japan. You did it with the sash? You have to have the sash? You wear a sash. Yeah. You have to take it off. There's like, it's so, um, like there's so many rules about mm. like, because like, especially in Japan, like they're so like strict on, yeah. their, on their things and doing it right. So certain point we take it off, you got to give it over like a certain way and yeah. stuff. Um, like if it's like inside out and the stitches are showing, you get like yeah, exactly. 19 lashings. Yeah. And you can't like, yeah, you have to run. It has to be like perfect. You can't be, can't be getting sweat on it and all that. And, um, but yeah, in Japan, like they just love road running there. And it was like, it was 
one of the coolest events I've ever done. Mm. There's just so many people out on the course. and It'd uh, be so fun to watch, like at World yeah. Champs. Like, or imagine even at Olympics. Imagine like on the marathon course in Tokyo, they did that mixed. Yeah. 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 You could do mixed or, or just not mixed. And we, we would have done so good as well because Jack Jack would have got a good 5 or 10K done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're, you would have killed it because your stitch wouldn't have come on and yeah. the girls killed it anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. That would have been great. <laughs> Australia would have done really well. Yeah, well, I guess, but I guess it's probably not marathon runners getting to do it either. That's true. Yeah. Um, but still, it would be cool. I, I think especially for Com Games and World Champs mm. just because like, obviously Olympic marathon is like a big thing, but um, – yeah, they're, they're talking about kind of on the broadcast that, that maybe half marathon should be at Com Games, Com Games. So like to try to get that. all the top athletes there. Yeah, um, yeah, they probably need to make a change. So this could be a good, yeah, well, yeah, and a fun thing. For it sure. would be so fun. It's so I, fun, and, and not just obviously as a competitor, it would be so fun. It'd mm. be like a dream to do something like that. But even spectating, oh, like yeah. it just or it's like all those relay things that are so fun to get behind people especially yeah. you know you're like oh that person's there that person's there it's, and you just really like you're like oh that you know it, yeah it's the so mixed, cool the mixed is cool as well it'd be, be cool if you can have it mixed where you choose what leg yes so you've got guys going past girls but then yeah, the girls but then going, I, yeah I guess you're going to put guys on the 10k probably yeah true yeah, yeah. or maybe yeah that's true but the, so the cool we one really they do think this through did we? yeah yeah <laughs> no the, at World Cross how they have the mixed relay and it's 2k legs i think yeah and you can run in whatever order gotcha so you see like um a, a girl leg might go first and then a guy second where it's opposite for another team yeah and then yeah so that like, makes it really interesting because there's a distance but it all matters what it's what that distance is at the, at the changeover end. yeah yeah um so i don't know realize it yeah, it's so fun, fun things yeah. so fun yeah i don't like how most of our teams are made up by four by one yeah four by four that's the thing. Um, relay though, but yeah, get a distance relay in get there. Get a distance relay in, for it. sure. I reckon people will be people will really love that. Um, so if anyone at World Athletics is listening, listening yeah, yeah. Sebco, <laughs> yeah, he definitely listens. He messaged he me the other day saying he loves it. <laughs> um, Weedenbaum ninety one. Your thoughts on double threshold training days? Have you tried it? Any tips on how to do them? Um, it's the new craze at the moment. Yeah, we've been asked this before. I'm sure. We've probably answered it before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've done uh, yes, pretty much a double threshold day where I and but wait, it's funny because I'll say this: heaps of people talking about it flag stuff because everyone's doing it, mm. and it's because Jakob Ingebrigtsen does it. Yeah, and but people only know a little bit of what Jakob's training is, and they're guessing the rest. So it's like you can't just grab the few things that you know. So true. It's not the whole. It's like yeah. Making a cake, you've only got three ingredients and you don't have the rest. So yeah. it's going to probably turn out shit. Yeah. And these people aren't doing every other thing. So, yeah, you're going to do double threshold days. Good on you. But you either so true. You miss another things or you're going to get injured or something like that. That's um, what people say is like one of the biggest mistakes that um, people sort of getting into running and stuff or even like as juniors and stuff where that you pick and choose, you sort of cherry pick um, sessions with different groups. So say yeah. you're like, I'm going to go do my long run with them. Oh, but I'm going to do my Thursday with that group. And it's like you, you're sort of with all these different groups and it's you don't have one coach overseeing everything. Yeah. And then the problem with that is, again, it's like... Yeah, yeah hopefully a good training plan kind of covers everything. all the bases. Yeah. bases. And then if you... Yeah, but if you've got someone doing some speed here with this group and some speed with another group and it's like, all right, where's your threshold coming or whatever. But How many ingredients did you save for that cake as well? 
don't know. I think you said, did you say four? Because aren't there only like four ingredients in a cake? Depends what cake you're making, mate. (laughs) What was was the last cake you made? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever made a cake. I think I made banana bread when I was in... uh, (laughs) You're going to say banana cake? Yeah, (laughs) when I was in... uh, Falls Creek? No, COVID. Oh, yeah. When everyone was making it. (laughs) Um, But I had another good point now. Sorry. I have done a kind of double threshold day when I was training for a marathon. I did um, a like a real long warm up, did eight by K, and then warmed down, and then that night did ten K threshold. Wow, where'd so you do this? Pretty, at Falls Creek, yeah, um, which is a big day. But yeah, I, like I sort of think it's not really necessary. Like do do all the other things first before you need to do things like that. I think that's exactly true. Like. Yeah, I, I don't think any I don't think any recreational runner should be focusing on double yeah. threshold days. I really wish I could remember what that other point was because it's a really good point. Yeah, I think looking at the twinkle in your eye, I think it was something about the fifth cake ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> Flour. <laughs> All right. Well, if you remember, we'll come back to it. Um, so yeah, a bunch of people have asked us about training through COVID and then returning to training after COVID. Um, how'd you go with it? Yeah, I was one of the lucky people where COVID didn't seem to impact me that bad. Um, I was like sort of really down, down and out for, for the time that I needed to be in isolation for. And then once I was able to go out and run, I was pretty much fine. Like I felt a bit shit. Um, the biggest thing is you have to, you just can't get carried away. You can't make up you, like say you've had a week in isolation, you've you can't then go. Oh, I'm going to rush back into training um, because that'll really it's going to really fuck you. You'll probably get viral fatigue and stuff because it takes a while for your body to like reset back to homeostasis. Is that right? Is that the right <laughs> yeah. word. Well, so exactly what Joel said. You can't do is what I did. Yeah, and I rushed straight back into training just because because I, I didn't get sick at all while yeah. I had COVID. Like I literally one day kind of blew my nose a couple of times and felt like I was a bit sweaty on a run, like mm. more than usual. And I was like, mm, I'll do a COVID test because I was like paranoid at the time as well. Yeah. So I was doing COVID tests like every few days. Yeah. Only I'll, because Yoshi, this is when they were people were like buying them on the black market for $1,000 each and Yoshi gave you like 20 and you took them all. Yeah. <laughs> and I used them all. <laughs> I was doing, I would like have a hard, hard session and then I'd be like, mm, I feel a bit tired this afternoon. <laughs> Better a COVID test. <laughs> uh, and it was like it was like 40 degree days in Melbourne and I'm like, mm, a bit hot today. Better a COVID test. There's one bead of sweat on my face, COVID yeah. test. But I, yeah, got out of uh, isolation and smashed training and then was okay for a few days. Yeah. And then did a session. Um, yeah, you went there. Well, you were up at Falls Creek. I was at Falls, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, that was the other thing. I was at Falls Creek, which is probably not a great place. So like, yeah. It's already hard running as well. But then did a session with the boys and I just got like four reps in and I was like, I can't breathe properly. Yeah, I remember you telling and me. And then, yeah, like had a couple of easy days, did another session of the same thing. So ended up coming home from Falls. But it took me a, and then a you good- pull, f- you pulled out of Zatapec as a result of yeah. that. So Zatapec was um, Australia Day. Yeah. So it was Jan 26. Six. Yeah. I had covid first week of Jan. Yeah. So I was able to bounce back and run, you know, I finished fourth Yeah, I think I got it on the you 14th. Were, you were, you, well, because we said, like I gave it to you yeah. at training. Um, so yeah, you were, had it a week later. But yeah, it's funny now, like because we got, like we've got a bunch of people asking this and it's because 
a lot of people are getting again back, again. back yeah. down again. And it's like, yeah, I would say the biggest advice is take your time to rest. If you are in a marathon, say you're on like you're training for Melbourne um, Marathon, which is about nine weeks away now, um, just over nine weeks. If you have a week off now and then an easy week next week, you've still got time. You've been training consistently. Yeah. You've got time to get into it. Now, if you rush, uh, so you, you have the week off and then and then you like do what you did, Brett, and really try and push and you and you say to your coach, no, nah, I'm fine, and you really like you know overdo it, in three weeks' time, you might have to have another week off and then that's too close exactly. to it, you know? So it's like take sacrifice a little bit now, play it safe, err on the side of caution, and then you'll be better as a result later. I think the big thing as well is everyone is so different. So yes, you so just have to be – listen, to, listen to your body. Huh? <laughs> don't listen to a podcast. Yeah, listen, but listen to your body and uh, and just be smart. You really have to be smart with it because, yeah, one week off or, or two weeks easy isn't yeah. going to hurt you near as much as pushing through it and yeah. having to take proper time off. Like look at Smack. Smack yeah. got – Smack's probably the, the – he's the example of an elite athlete who probably had it the worst. Yeah. Like he – it ruined him for the most most of his summer season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, you you have to uh, you have to play it safe. I thought you thought you were telling me the other day that you didn't even believe in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in the vaccine. Nah. <laughs> I do. I might go and get my fourth vaccine soon. I don't yeah, know. that's obviously a joke. We shouldn't yeah, didn't even talk about it because the anti-vaxxers are getting angry. The pro-vaxxers are getting angry. Right <laughs> now, now we're just now we've, we've just lost all our listeners. Both sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. E. Easy Burnsy asks, what kind of warm-up do you do for a long run? Um, I do all my like like mobility exercises. I'm like when I train at uh, Fernie, oh, most people won't be impressed by this, but I'm impressed by myself. Like I've got to be out there at 8.30, so I'm getting up at like 6.15, 6.30. Yeah. So I can do my mobility, do my glute exercises, eat my brekkie and stuff. I'm impressed by that because yeah. the Brett – I knew in Richmond would often, if we were running at 9am at Yarra Flats, the alarm would be going off at 8. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. and it might, me too. Like I'm not saying, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying I, I was special. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know, I get up, I make sure I do all my stuff, but but then you got to get in the car for 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's a problem with family. Um Yeah, it is such a long thing. And then maybe I'll just do some. Do you bring a band quick, to do stuff like not out of there. the car? No. I, I kind of do some like single leg RDLs yeah. and just kind of turn on the hammies and the glutes a little bit. But yeah, most of my stuff's done at home and then once I get there. But I, I start off jogging pretty slow as yeah. well. So Yeah, that's um, a, so yeah. Definitely if you're asking what kind of jog warm up do we do, we don't. Like no. the, the first part of your long run should be warming up and allowing yeah, your exactly. body to warm up. Um yeah, I don't know how true this is, but I remember Andrew White saying to me um when I went in for a massage once, he said the the time when the body like has the most damage to like the soft tissue um, is in the first few minutes of your run. So if you, for example, are like dead cold, you haven't done any activation and you just get out and start running four minute pace, that's when your like, body is most mm. susceptible to injury. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which yeah. I knew in terms of, oh, like I always thought of like, oh, you don't go into a track and start sprinting, not warmed up, but even jogging. If you jog sort of a little bit too quick in the beginning, it can and you know when you're feeling all stiff and short, that's when like a lot of damage can be done. Yeah, why do you say that to me at Flagstaff? And he was like, because I was doing all these exercises. He's like, you know, you can just start your jog really slow. Really if you slow. Want. Like, yeah. And I do start it very slow. Um, There's nothing worse than starting with, you know, the old like 
Sinead Diver, Charlotte Perdue, starting, oh, yeah. starting at Yarra Flats at four minute K pace. I reckon from doing some of those warm-ups with them a couple of years ago, that's why my killers saw now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely before every well, I've only been back running ten ten days now with the walk jogs and stuff, but I have this like new thing where I do this like band routine f- with my hips, glutes and all that. And I say to myself, if I don't do that, I'm going to get injured in this run. Yeah. I just say that to myself yeah. because that's to counteract the laziness in three months time when I'm not feeling that. And I'll be like, ah, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. And it's like, th- yeah, you will be all right maybe once, but when you lose that routine and you lose all the stuff that stopped you getting injured, like that warm up routine, then it's going to come back and fuck you again. Yeah. Yeah. I've got into a pretty good routine where, yeah, I kind of have to do these things. And it does become a thing where you notice the difference when you haven't done them. Yeah, definitely. And then you're like, all right, it makes you want to do them. Like I did it the other day, I slept in and just kind of went for a run straight out of bed. And then I was like, my back felt stiff, everything yeah. felt stiff. And I was like, all right, there's no point. Like you, you have to actually just... For sure. And it, like it doesn't take long either. No. Really, like well, a few things. How's your... Bit, yeah. Your bre- like the breathing mobility stuff. That's uh, obviously died down a bit, right? Yeah, no, I still do a lot of it, but I've just been... Because um, I know when we were doing the podcast, when you were in America, you were doing like two hours a day. Yeah, because I, I was doing the full thing. Yeah. So now I kind of like break it up and do it like... Yeah, because I was supposed to do it like once or twice a day and I was doing it twice a day, but now I'm doing it like kind of once a day yeah. across the day a okay. little bit, and but then also going to the gym a couple of times a week, yeah. which is the extra, but yeah, it, it's... Yeah, I don't know, but that thing, it's kind of, it has to be sustainable as well. Like For that sure. was like almost not sustainable. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I'm a lot better anyway. anyway. Um, from Orid, best time for general maintenance massage treatment during high volume or, or low volume weeks, et cetera. Um, I think the number one thing for massage um, or, you know, physio maintenance stuff. Well, so he's, they're talking general maintenance. So that's, yeah, when you're, not the injured. best when you're yeah. not injured. The be, the thing I say to all my athletes is, if funds allow, you should be getting general maintenance because your, yeah, your, your things are getting um, fixed without you knowing there's a problem. Yeah. So I would say, if you're in like all year round, if you can, you know, but with with fun, if like if if um, a budget, you know, you, obviously like it can get expensive if you're doing that um, all the time. But I would say when you're in the highest training, in in the highest volume weeks, that is the most important because that's when your body is under the most stress. So if you were going to choose, am I going to get it once a, once a week while I'm on a, you know, three-month marath- marathon block or am I going to get it when I'm just chilling out? You'd get it in the marathon block. Yeah. Yeah, I won't put like a how many times, whatever, but yeah, a regular thing, a whatever regular, that becomes yeah. that your body can get used to. And if you can find like, like we see Yoshi weekly. Yeah, and but obviously we're running more than the yeah, most people. Yeah, and um, and it's like kind of a job. So like we, this is why we sure. do it. But um, he's like, mo- like most times he's like, how's your body? I'm like, good. And he'll go through it and he'll find things that are tight or, or a bit could be a bit sore and stuff like that. And yeah, because it's treat like them. you don't so notice. Before right? they get sore, yeah. which is the most important thing. And because if you look at it and go, all right, I'm going to once a fortnight or once a month, whatever. But if you if that stops you from getting injured, that when you get injured, you're going to be gone twice a week. Yeah. Or, or like- Injuries just, are the most expensive. Yeah, like, so oh, and then you're going to get a scan. Yeah. Then you're going to have to get a doctor and then- Before you know it, injection. it's like doctors it's are- put, like, Yeah, yeah it you costs spend a couple so of grand. So it's, yeah, if you're that little investment, whatever it is- mm. Um, it's. I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, 
for sure. For sure. Uh, Kale Bowd, this one's for you, obviously. Would Brett rather, this is regarding London Marathon yep. this year that you're racing coming up, would you rather third place in 210 or 10th place in 206? Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? There's a lot of things to um, consider, isn't it? Yeah. Prize money, Australian yeah. record is there, podium spot. I know. Um, it is a really tough one. Obviously, if I'm running 210, it must be terrible weather. Mm. I'm only running that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> says the guy who's only run 210 before. <laughs> or you were you were winning and you're on pace for like 204 and then you just got a stitch. Yeah. <laughs> drop back into third. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, that I don't know. What would you? Say? Like, what would I? For me personally, yeah. yeah say, um, I think. Look, well, yeah. So, like, I've, say, I've talked about this before. Look, I think you can tackle this in a number of ways. You can say, look, if I'm getting third place in two ten, how do you know? Um, this is this year. It's like, well, if I'm getting third place in two ten, it probably means it's going to be slow. Um, and everyone, you know, there's all these like two oh four runners coming like fourth and fifth and stuff. Um, that suggests you're probably going to break this exactly. record soon yeah. after. If it was me personally, I think, and I've said this to you before, whoever breaks the Australian record next is going to have the most attention. So it's a little bit like just say you you finished third and you ran 210 and then um, Liam broke the Australian record in January and then you go and run 206 in Feb. It's just not going to get the same. same, Like I'd be surprised if it, it might not make the news, but I feel like whoever broke Deke's record is getting on the news. Like it's going to be a big story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the, the, for me the most important thing is try and run as fast as possible Yeah. at the moment. And then once I've done it, then it's trying to finish as high as possible. So, um, yeah, probably going to have to go to the 10th place in 206. Good question though. Yeah, it's it is. And it's still, I still You're getting I'm frustrated. Even, yeah, we're going to finish, yeah, finish this and you're going to go, can we just go back and record? I want to say something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, heaps of people have also asked us about Sydney Marathon. Yeah. Just got announced that it's a candidate for the to become a world major, which is huge news for Australian running. So we heard a lot of um, gossip around the yeah. around this topic, and we were thinking, "Oh, is, is Kipchoge on the start line yeah. or something like that?" We didn't really know. Um, and then the press release came out, and yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, as someone who's obviously a big, you know, we both live in Melbourne. Um, and we all sort of bag bag out Sydney a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if it was in Melbourne. Um, but I think just for Australian running, it's incredible that we're even, you know, we're, we're up against it. So who, who are the two city, the other so cities? So Cape Town and then one from China. Yeah. So do you want to explain to the listeners how it's going to work? Do you know? Uh, so I think it's a three-year trial. three-year trial yeah. and they, I think they're just – I'm not sure exactly what goes in the criteria of, but there's but always only like, one. Only one of these three races is yeah. going to become, you know, this. Yeah, because it's a limited list. Like yeah. you've only got the world's biggest marathons. Is it? So it's Chicago, Boston, Boston New, New York, York, London, Berlin. Yeah, that's it. Tokyo, and Tokyo, oh, and Ararat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Australia's having two: crazy. Sydney and Ararat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's it's absolutely insane. And what this means for Sydney Marathon uh, is that there's going to be, you know, the fields there are going to be crazy. Yeah. So because for, for them to gain this label, they need to put more money in certain areas and stuff like that. So the prize includes, money, yeah. the appearance they pay the athletes, the standard of athletes. Uh, so all this means for Australian runners is you're going to be 
moving further down that list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's a good thing because sure. it's like to make money wise, like London Marathon, like London uh, British athletes, like they make good money from going to London Marathon because it's just, um, th- yeah, there's like extra bonuses for, for being from the UK and, and they kind of take care of the athletes. So um, I think London will, uh, sorry, Sydney will be like that as well. Yeah. And like huge sponsors will come in. Yeah. Um, it'll make the race huge. They're going to change the course as well because I know Sydney, the Sydney Marathon course is not, um, yeah, it's not the most exciting. I know that you spend a lot of time on, on one of the highways. Uh, yeah. Because I was supposed to do it before before I got injured. Um, but yeah, yeah, I heard they might change the course. I don't, yeah. don't know if that's true. It's a, again, yeah, we don't we don't really know the the ins and outs, but overall it's uh yeah, regardless of it being Melbourne, Sydney or whatever whatever um city, it's Australia and it's Yeah, it'll be so so, so, so good. Um yeah, so hopefully it can get done. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it wouldn't it suck in like three years' time and it's like but imagine they give it to the other tooth, but not Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney's so, also one of the most, you know, like iconic in terms of uh, landmarks cities yeah, in the definitely. world. You know, people all around the world. It's like, you know, you know, no one's flying into Tullamarine going, oh, my God, look, there's there's Fed Square, you know. Yeah. From, whereas, you know, looking at the Harbour Bridge and, and the Opera House and stuff. if you can, It like, is so nice down there. Yeah. But the, the World Marathon people probably listen to the podcast and have me bag out. Sydney 10K course. So like, oh, I don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> and then Seb Co rings him up and goes, well, no, did you listen to that episode? That's <laughs> yeah. actually, there's in the back end. They were... <laughs> a lot um, of under the table stuff going on because of us. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, last question from Anonymous. Where does the name Grattan House come from? Um, we lived on Grattan Place. Great place, place in Richmond. In Richmond, and uh, we were trying to think of a name, and then I thought of it, didn't I? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I'm Just pretty like good at thinking of names. Yeah, you are yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, apparently, like in that Grand House, like the street gets blocked off. You know, the in the beat the Beatles, they were um, <laughs> they were take the zebra crossing. Of it. People can't like people now try and come and like that's where it started. Yeah, and they try and there's a sign of in place in there. <laughs> I was trying to say that with a straight face, <laughs> it was very difficult to. <laughs> But there's like, yeah, there's like 30 houses. So they don't know which one is the Grattan house. But, uh, yeah. Oh, stupid. Yes. But, um, yeah, if you haven't listened to the main episode, yeah. Andy Buchanan. Yeah, it was on, really, really good. Um, we forgot to ask him what he had for dinner. Yeah, we stuffed that up. And we made this big song and did dance he about tell, a funny oh, joke. Oh, he did tell us. It was just rice, Yeah, not it? Yeah, yeah. He just told us like part of it. We didn't even direct direct the question that way. He nah, just sort of told we, us. Uh, yeah, after the, after the episode, we were like, oh, shit, we forgot. And then asked him and then we got bored of his answer and just moved on. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, he told us Liam had a curry though. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just, we need to bring Liam, Liam on next time and say what the hell is that about. Yeah. I could definitely see Liam having a curry the night before the race. I know. I probably would have probably would have won if he didn't have a yeah. beef vindaloo two hours before the race. <laughs> yeah, he's lucky he didn't have to have any toilet stops. Yeah, that's true. There. But um, yeah, go back and listen if you haven't had a listen and we'll be back next week. Next week we will have an episode with Izzy Bat Doyle. Yeah, I just sent her a message confirming. Yeah. So hopefully she says yes. Yeah, and if, and if uh, the episode comes out next week and it's not with Izzy Bat Doyle, please send all your complaints to Geordie Williams. <laughs> He'll sort those out for you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later.